includes writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away. And it's gone. I don't want to go home. And I don't want to say goodbye to you. Razor! Welcome on. Welcome on to the Tortillas and Tex podcast. You are on once again with your boy. I'll be sure, and I know it's been a while. I know you've missed us. Uh, last time you heard us was 2022, and you've been waiting the last couple weeks of where is a Tortillas and Takes episode. We need this. We need it right now. Well, we had to take a little mental health break. We had to kick our feet up, go on vacay for a little bit, but we are back to talk Texas Tech men's and women's basketball, and to talk Texas Tech men's and women's basketball, I got the hoop savant himself, the people's champ, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? The hoop savant that was never given a chance to play in middle school. What's up, Albert? Happy to be potting 2023. We're going on X amount of years now uh, together. Just to really appreciate the fact that I've somehow made it this far with you. Um, Never thought I could do it. Every year, I think that's it. I'm like, this is the it. This is the end for me. But I keep going, man. I keep going and happy to talk about some hoops, albeit the circumstances. (laughs) That's, that's right. That's right. Um, every year you're like, man, that album, he's going to piss me off too far one of these days and I'm going to lose it. But I still I still got you here. I still got you here. Uh, listen, it's it's being people and I and actually to your middle school comment, those that can't do criticize those who can. So, yes. Um, yes sir. <laughs> uh, Why do you think there's so many Texas Tech podcasts? Come on. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, so, listen, being commentators on a Texas Tech hoops is not for the week, all right? It's being fans of Texas Tech hoops is not for the week, all right? I know it's been fun since 2019. We got to went to the Final Four, right? It's been really cool being a basketball school. Well, these are the tough times, okay? These are the tough times on both sides. Now, if you're a women's basketball fan, you've known about these tough times for a while, right? It's been tough um, since the early 2010s. We haven't been to an NCAA tournament since the early 2010s, so it's been a tough go of it. On the men's side, it's been nice, easy, breezy. We've been to uh, a few NCAA tournaments. We feel like we've arrived. We've been competing for conference titles. We've won a conference title. Well, we're back. We're back to the the mud of it. What I'm talking about is the fact that the Texas Tech men's basketball team has started off conference play 0-5, and Jeremy, a couple balls bounce our way, and we could be 4-1, right? Like, that's outside of the Iowa State game, this Tech team has been in it every single game, and that was really emphasized in the last game against Texas, where we're up for 80% of the game. 80% of the game, Texas Tech has a lead, a nice lead in the first half, but it just... As Texas kept chipping away, Marcus Clark kept chipping away, Rice kept chipping away, <laughs> Dylan Dice who kept chipping away. Five minutes ago, they take the lead, and it just at that point, if you're a Tech fan, you're like, "Well, we ain't winning this game." Um, and that was just kind of the microcosm of what it feels like every game they've played outside of the Iowa State game so far. Well, you know what's I thought about during the game is that we've always had this when it was in the early Beard years, and then. You know, last year we've had this identity of um, kind of starting a little slow, but then being the team to grind it out, being the team to outwork for the whole game, and then get it competitive at the end, and then have the edge um, enough to get a win. This year, when we start playing good teams, we have a lot of energy. We come out, we come out fast. We're shooting well. Defense is, you know, awake. But this is. 
very much a youth versus against everybody we played. It's like youth versus uh, experience. And every game we played that's competitive, it's us getting a lead. And then the other team just gritting it out because they've been in these situations before. They've played high-pressure games. They've got the experience of Power 5 basketball. Right now, our best our best players are the guys who are coming off are coming out of high school. The guys who are they're young boys. They're 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 young adults. They are super young and they just are not ready. Um they they are they not ready to say that. And I'm I'm like I need my words for that one because um they're not. They don't have the experience to play these games, uh, to finish these games out. They're getting that experience now, and nine times out of ten, you got to get that experience by losing. Um, but I mean, you know, like you said, this this has been such a frustrating, and yet it's one of those like, oh well, you know, if it just goes a different what you know, a different call in these couple of games, you're sitting at four and one with one of the youngest rosters you've had at Tech. I can't even tell you when. Um, but you're not, you're on five. Uh, and we're, and I think and we're, uh, yeah, probably since tubby. Uh, we also just a PSA for this whole episode. Uh, Iowa state is, is just its own thing. Or just, well, that's a wash. We're not talking about, <laughs> we're not talking about on either side. Let me tell you something. Iowa state beat the hell out of us on both sides. Let me, let's just get that out of the way. All right. Tech men's lost to Iowa state 84 to 50. We were down that by, uh, uh, down by 19 at half. Then they came back and put up a 45 points on us in the second half. That was not close from like 10 minutes on. On the women's side, they also got blown out by Iowa State, which Iowa State looked like the best team in the conference, um, losing that one 81 to 58. We're not talking about Iowa State on either side. That game, we had no chance of winning on either side, right? But you are right. Uh, here's a stat for you, Jeremy, in that of the other four games that we are talking about, Texas Tech men's held a seven or more point lead in the first half of every single other game right seven points or more in the first half of every single other game including the lead um against uh, uh sorry a lead against tcu where you had an 11 point lead against tcu at halftime and then against texas you had a nine point lead at halftime so like those are two games where you look and say we should have won those games on the road in fort worth in austin right and games that and, and here's the thing it's funny i found about both of them TCU fans got up for that game. Oh, we're playing Texas Tech. That's in basketball. That's that's a rivalry. A lot of Tech fans are here. We're gonna get up. Texas fans packed out the Moody Center. Yo, props yeah, to Texas did. fans. I'll give them. I'll give them credit. They packed out the Moody Center. The Moody Center was loud. It wasn't a Texas Tech takeover. They packed it out and they made it a lot. I was surprised. Right now, I haven't really watched too many Texas games at home with, with outside of just stuff that I did looking at looking at before this game. But um, yeah, it was packed out, right? And so I'm, um, you know, but with that. Tech came in there. You see the talent. You see the skill. You see, first of all, Pop Isaacs. You see him. Yeah, Pop, can we him. get him out of the way? You, you see him. That guy got it. You see the talent. You see the skill. Um, you see some of the things that Davion Harmon can do. You see some of the things that Jalen Tyson can do, that Kevin O'Banner can do, uh, that D- Daniel Bacho can do. It's just putting it together. Sometimes it's tough. It's rough, and and we don't that leadership that we need from O'Banner and from Harmon isn't always there, right? O'Banner very much a do as I do, not as I say type of player, right? And it's it's, it's hard from going. We talked about this in the chat during the Texas game for O'Banner. It's really tough from going to be a role player like he was in last. He was one of our key role players in last year's team, right? Even at Oral Roberts, he was more of the Batman in, in that setup, right? And now coming into the season, it's hey Ko, we really need you to be the guy. And it's tough. Like, he's going to put up the points. He's going to have the double-double. He's going to put up, you know, 15 and 10 or what have you. 
but it's it's tough to really say we need a bucket from you, and that's just not his game. And it's it, but unfortunately that's where the team's set up right now, and it's it's a lot of growing pains. So we, we still don't know how to win. We still don't know how to win, and that's a, and that's a problem. And I think that you know something that we've become really accustomed to, and honestly we should not, is just fortune in the transfer portal. I think that something that this past decade of of basketball at tech has really given us is this increased like love of the transfer portal like oh okay <clears throat> we have we, there's gyms out there and they want to come to texas tech um you know there's there's guys out there that are going to crush it and they're coming to texas tech and that's just you know year in year out you're not always going to get those guys you're not always going to nobody outside of the tortillas takes podcast would have told you that adonis arms would have been what he was last year Nobody was talking about that dude at all when he decided to transfer. Um, you know, we kind of thought, okay, Bryson Williams kind of up there. You go back even further. You got uh, Tariq Owens. Uh, you just have these – they're not always going to be star-studded. I mean, so somebody we had come over this year, Kerwin Walton from UNC, was a big recruit for UNC. He had a, he had a great three-point percentage. And then now, I mean, the guy's struggling to get playing time. Like, and Texas Tech fans are so used to somebody coming from no-name schools or from some kind of school and then just balling out at Tech. Like, oh, if he's a transfer, he's probably going to do awesome. He's going to crush it here. He's going to make his last school so jealous. That's just not always the case. You actually have a lot of people who play different kind of roles. Like, you saying oh banner got lucky because he came in and he just had to play the same role he was playing at oru hey facilitate hey be the corner three guy and now it's like oh he's the guy who stayed so he's got he's got to be the guy who leads well O'Banner is not a big leader like not 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 on the floor and that's that's coming to back to bite us yeah, I mean, he's just not a floor general, and that's and that's like I said, I, I know some people have come down on Floyd. People have different personalities, and that's it's not always going to be that type of. He's not going to bark out directions and bark out orders very much. And a hey, listen, I go out, I work, I work hard, I get these points, I dive on the floor, I get these charges. You should too. <laughs> do as I. This is what I do. This is how I make my my earnings as as a as a, a player. You should do this, but I'm not going to bark it out. Now Harmon is is more of that bark out person. But let's yeah. face it, Harmon's not the best score, right? Yeah, unless I guess unless you need a desperation three with like 20 seconds to go. What the hell, Harmon? Man, so frustratingly <laughs> on both sides of it, right? Like most of the game, you're like, why, why are you dribbling like that? Why are you making that run? And then at the end, you're like, oh my god, put it in anybody else's hands except Harmon. Then he jacks up a 363 and it goes in. You know, it just like uh, it's incredible in that last two minutes. Yeah, and I think with Harmon, it's also we're asking him to do a lot too, right? Because he is he's a good facilitator, and I love it when Harmon is has the ball in his hands with the idea of i'm gonna pass it because i think he's fantastic but the problem is is that a lot of times in these games certain players get into these cold spells where i feel like Harmon is is under the impression i gotta score because nobody else is yeah. right and isaac says the same thing the difference is isaac let me tell you something about pop isaac's he'll get the bucket <laughs> pop isaac's, some of these step backs that he does it's very mac mcclung-ish but, the, but we got to remember when mac was at tech he was 21 already he'd already been around the block for a little bit right pop isaac's is fresh out of high school 18 Right, I'm very excited for his future. I put a tweet out a few weeks ago saying he's going to be Mr. Texas Tech, and I believe that. Right, um, but 
you, when you're 18 year old, true freshman uh, point guard is the guy you need to get a bucket. That usually doesn't spell well. Uh, but this team does remind me a lot of Iowa State a couple years ago when Iowa State was the worst team in the Big 12, but showed promise, showed a lot of promise. And now Iowa State is ranked; they're one of the best teams in the in the country. They're going to be a you know a three or four seed in the tournament. And so, um, but patience, patience is. Uh, the thing here i know a lot of people um, a lot of rumors with mark adams and now people are saying oh we don't want this guy like guys let's really i, I yeah, stress what patience. Is that about i stressed patience last year when it came to the fact that mark i, I didn't think mark adams should have got an extension to be honest after one year but i stress on the flip side of it look this is a rough patch team is young eventually we're going to learn the how to win we came into the season hoping to get to an ncaa tournament let's face it let's adjust expectations probably not going to happen right we're 0 five in conference unless we can rattle off about seven wins between now and the end of february probably not at least seven wins let me say that probably not going to happen right and so let's adjust expectations let's start to learn how to win games and i think that's the next step the guys are in it we see the talent but guys like pop Guys like Lamar, Lamar Washington, the guys like Jalen Tyson, we have they're young. We have to learn. They have to learn how to win games. And then flip side of that, Jeremy, and I want to get your opinion on this, Fardos Amat came back. It wasn't bad. Now, let me tell you something. He is uh, painfully unathletic um, as of right now. Now, he's still hurt, obviously. But yeah. um, my He hasn't been able to do anything, you know? Yeah, he, he's painfully unathletic, and props to him for going out there and, and still tr- and balling and still playing very well. <clears throat> Put up 12 points and five rebounds in his first game back. But he's obviously still hurt, right? And so, again, you don't want to have to rely on who was the big-name transfer, Fardos Amak. Um, you don't want to have to rely on him to be this guy when he's still obviously hurt, right? Like he's the guy had like a two centimeter vert in the game against Texas. Really was struggled to get out there. Um, the man to man defense struggled because he he really couldn't. It was an old defense with him, and I, and I can't blame him. He's obviously still hurt, and so it's still relying on him. Is just that you know a big piece of that is where is the season if Amac is fully healthy, right? That's another question that, that I know I have. Um, <laughs> you know, is, is, is he the Tyler Shuck of the basketball team now? Oh <laughs> my gosh! Well, then it's good to have him back, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, but yeah, you know, I- implementing him in the game last night was really interesting. Uh, painfully, I like that. I, you know, I think we were talking about it. He looks a lot like KJ did last year, just not conditioned for Big Twelve play. Not bad, just not conditioned for Big Twelve play. Um, certainly making a bigger impact than KJ did last year. But uh, my my curiosity is how he and Bacho operate on the floor together because there were some moments where they looked really good out there together you got like two towers um making it really difficult but most of the time it seemed like bacho didn't know what to do with dawes back on the back in the lineup it's like they didn't know how to play off of each other they didn't know you know and i mean bacho just terrible terrible against texas uncharacteristic for this season and so it's like i really would prefer if we don't have one of our big men regress because it's not like dawes coming in with this like you know golden acl or anything like that he's just he's unconditioned and so we need bacho to be bacho so that dawes can kind of condition to that um but it is interesting i will say bacho is 
struggled in conference season. Not just against Texas, but in the last few weeks, the the, the Bacho that was putting up twelve and ten and and fifteen and thirteen and twenty one and all this other stuff in the in non con, he struggled in conference season. He hasn't been his his best self recently, and I think the Texas game was the height of that. I will say, if this confusion continues between Dawes and Bacho, I don't want to see them on the court again <laughs> together. And the second half, you kind of saw that where they were interchangeable, and I think maybe that's what we do, where we say, okay, well, Amax in the game now, so. So, Bacho, you're going to sit on the bench and vice versa. I think we can split time, split time between the two of them if need be. But you're right. Ideally, in a, in a great sense, you would love to be able to have Bacho out there as the backdoor to AMAC when AMAC is struggling defensively to be able to – because Bacho is the type of guy that can guard from the perimeter inside, right? And then you still have that brick house in AMAC. Well, I'll say this about AMAC. Even though he was unathletic, him in the middle – Ain't nobody driving in. I think that was a big problem for Texas in the first half is they couldn't, you couldn't drive in. The points in the paint discrepancy was huge, right? Because now we have a guy that can rebound because of how big he is, along with O'Banner, who's already an incredible rebounder. Um, but they can't go in the middle, right? And so that is kind of like that for NBA fans, that Steven Adams type, right? Steven Adams isn't the highest flyer, but he's a brick house in the middle. And so guys aren't driving in on Steven Adams. So you can have that thing where you're interchangeable with them. But ideally, in a great sense, if Bacho can kind of get it together a little bit, he has struggled recently, but if he can get it together, get back, get that form back in. He's a very emotional player. You saw it in Texas. He only had 19 minutes in the game because he got a foul every two minutes, right? He was he played very emotional. He's been pretty emotional recently. And I think if he can get that form back and if, of course, AMAC gets healthy. Maybe we can start winning some of these games that we're talking about. Um, but that's that's uh, it's it's definitely it's something that the coaching staff has to figure out, right? And every day it's a new challenge that the coaching staff has to come back to and think, all right, another game, another problem that we have to fix going in. So it's it's tough. Mark Adams has been through it before. This coaching staff has been through it before in, in, in their careers, but it's it's just not all sunshines and rainbows like it has been the last few years. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is that the formula is the same. You know, getting ahead, having a strong, like, first half, and even maybe start to the second half, but then meltdown. Now, the how that happens has been, like, unsimilar. Every, it's been something different, something small, different. Uh, it's just, it's like, it's the same formula. It just keeps playing out differently. And now it's in a point where we have all of our people back, and now it's like we don't know how to put it, you know, okay, well, now what? <laughs> oh, wait, we're going to fall. Th- we're going to collapse again. It's fine because we don't know what to do. Um, it's just, you know, but we have, there's a, there's, the good thing here is that we're only five games in a conference, right? Um, there's still 13 left on the board here. Um, you can go out and get a good number of wins here at the end. Now, I don't even want to talk about tournament, NIT, anything yeah. like that, just because there's no reason to. Uh, right now, I think you need to kind of – I think we all just need to revert back to kind of the Tubby Smith fandom era of I am so yeah. happy we're winning conference games. Like, yeah. I'm just happy that we're winning games. Like, come on. Let me, um, tell, you, let me tell you something. Some of y'all would not have been able to last 07 to 15, okay? Hey, you ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> 07 to 15, some of y'all would not have been able to last to make it, all right? Because, um, you know, that's uh, – those were those are some dark years. I'll tell you this: this season is better than almost any season from 07 to 15. Right? Mm-hmm. We see the talent at the very least. We see it there. We see it cultivating. But you know, it's just this is going to be more of a rebuild than we originally thought. Yeah, there's flashes, and I think the flashes make it exciting. Yeah. You know, I think we'll we'll have a very similar. You know, what makes me think is that if it could be a very similar type of run the way that TCU had last season where they really struggled most of the season. But at the end, they really started to pull it together all behind um, – 
I just blanked on his name. It's the only person that matters for TCU right now. Anyways, uh, and then he balls out, and then they ball out. Uh, they ball out in the NIT, and it's just like you carry that momentum. Uh, you carry that forward into so the next season. About, you're talking about Mike Miles. Mike Miles. Yep. Um, but you ball out in the tournament you get into, or you just ball out. The, you find your identity, and that's exactly. And now TCU's playing great basketball. You know, Iowa State kind of. I mean, Iowa State was not the best last year, but what they did is they, you know. They continue to pine away at it and figure out who they were. And I think the disparity here that, that a lot of Red Raider fans just need to understand is that, you know, you play Texas. Texas has a bunch of a bunch of old dudes on their team. You know, you're talking about the national championship run style Texas Tech team. you got a lot of veterans. Veterans make the difference. I mean, they've been through all the losses. And now they know they, 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 they it's just different and they know how to win. Right now, you're one of the youngest teams in the Big 12. Um, you may be the youngest team in the Big 12. I don't know all the roster off the top of my head. But you need to have some patience. And I, there's also a big – like this is a big asterisk as well. You know, having patience in an NIL era is always scary. Because, you know, I, I, I cannot tell you how many tweets we've had of, you know, we, we comment on how great Pop is. Hey, back the truck up. Let's pay Pop money to stay. And, you know, people are like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every fourth or fifth tweet's like, nah, he's gone, man. He's out of here. He doesn't want to stay. He's going to follow that money. He's going to Kansas, you know, because we've been hurt. So it it's, it's I get it. It's scary. It's scary to think that a team would stick around, right? Because we're in this era of, well, I can go get paid more money. I might as well do that. And so I get it. Or, or I get more it. money, more, more opportunity, whether it's more uh, – uh, a spotlight on you what have you so yeah it's um but you know i, I will say this i i'm a big believer and there's no such things about no such things as moral victories unless you suck and a lot Same. of moral victories a lot of moral victories in last night's game against texas so it's just it's just not you know and that's okay and that's and that's fine to take that that root of it and say you know what pop played really well we saw flashes amac is back that's good maybe we can get some more wins right but like i said it's it's a um you know we're gonna have to take the good with the bad here flip side and we've been playing this game here at tortillas and takes um which team is better the men or the women right and so after uh the non-con i think we were like you know what the women might be better they are uh at the time at the time for the women they were 12 and 1 right they were looking really good and we're like you know what the women might be better you know what ended up happening the women got blown out by iowa state and we came back and said the men might be better (laughs) actually the men might be the better team but i will say that since that first blot against iowa state they followed that up with another bad loss to kansas and i will say bad loss because it's in lawrence kansas having one of the best teams they've ever had yeah Um, tremendous and and i won't say it was a bad loss it was uh they they fell behind early in the first quarter down 10 and from there just kind of they never got it back it's kind of a back and forth they ended up losing by 18 since that kansas game though props to the texas tech women's basketball team they are two and one right a win over tcu which if you know about women's basketball tcu was not a good program like just flat i'm just gonna say it right they're just not a good program it was an eight point win against tcu and for me so you know it's it's a it's it's the worst team in the conference but just like we talked about the men they learned how to win a game against a, against a, a team. Now, they've actually beaten some teams in the non-con, but it's good to get that conference win. That, hey, we walked into TCU into Fort Worth, where they lost last year. Remember, Jeremy, in overtime, they lost last year. Yep. They uh, got this win against – we walked into Fort Worth, 
got the win, a game we were supposed to win, and did it. And you know what they did? They came back and fought a tough, ranked Oklahoma team to the end. A, a game where they were actually uh, only down by one going into the fourth quarter and unfortunately kind of fell apart there at the end. But they were right in it. Right in at the very end. Um, we're only down two or six minutes to go. And Oklahoma pulled away. And they followed that up with a huge, huge win for the program against K-State. That same K-State team that beat the hell out of them last year. Um, coming back in Manhattan and just putting the beat down on them. Right? Yeah. Just beating the brakes off of K-State. <clears throat> a 20-point thrashing over the Wildcats. Uh, and, and you know what? The game, Jeremy, we're back. Women are better. As of right yeah. now, the women are better. Two and three in conference, and this is looking like a team that's going to have a postseason. I said that should be the goal for this team. At the beginning of the year, I said to get a postseason. I don't care which one. I don't care if it's NCAA, NIT, CBI. I don't care. The goal for this team should be to get into a postseason tournament. And as and and I, I wasn't sure if they'd be able to get there until this thrashing of K-State. I think they're saying, we are here. We're going to be tough for any team we play this year. And I will say, we got to play you again soon. And... Hopefully we don't get blown out that bad, but we will still play you. But play you tough. This is a tough team. We'll play you tough. We'll we'll, we'll give it our best. No, I really like um, this 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 Lady Raiders team, and we you know Kinsey talked about them for a while, but they were on an incredible tear in the non-conference. And yeah, a lot of the non-conference was garbage, but they played some quality teams in there. Opening up against Iowa State and Kansas, probably one of the worst doubleheaders you can get right out of the gate in conference. Um, the win against TCU, like you said, man, winning matters. And so getting that win, it was the Oklahoma. We can, uh, I don't think Kinsey or I want to talk about Oklahoma just because that game was a mess on the on the officiating side. Um, this Kansas State game. And I actually want to point out that uh, one player has really settled into their, you talk about players trying to figure out their role. There's one player who has figured out her role on the Lady Raiders team. And out of the past 10 games, she has got, she has been the highest, she scored the most points, seven of them. And in five of those, it's been over 20. Bree Scott is an MF bucket. (laughs) (laughs) She is a bucket. 37 (laughs) points against K-State. I didn't even even let you finish. Like, Bree Scott is a bucket. Goodness gracious, continue that's it, man. I mean, like, you, you have to be singing the praises of Bree. It's just she's played so well for this team. She has – you can't doubt her passion because she about took on the whole TCU fandom on the way out of that of that victory. Uh, got a little trouble for that, but that's okay. Uh, but continues to put up points, right? She actually scores more, 23, uh, in that lost Oklahoma. And then she just skyrockets for a career of 37 against Kansas State. Um, the Lady Raiders team – with all of their pieces back, everybody I think is healthy right now. Um, as of the recording, you know, let's not jinx that or anything. Yeah. Uh, they're figuring it out, right? You've got Texas up next. Um, you, you, that's going to be at home. It's it's on Wednesday. You know, you're going to West Virginia. You got Baylor, Oklahoma State, and then you get back through the rung again. Um, there's no reason this women's basketball team should not end up in a, in a postseason tournament. The way that they're playing right now is the kind of stuff that uh, seeding selectors want to see whenever they're looking at people to go to the, the big dance. And I think that Texas Tech has the pieces, especially if Bree keeps playing the way she does, uh, the way she has been. Like This is a dangerous team you can't slack off with. 20 plus points in four straight games as of this as of right now. She's been amazing. She's been great. And I'll say this, 
everybody's filling into the roles. Bryn Gerlich has had a really good senior season. We talked about how yeah. much leadership was going to be needed this year, and you can see it. She's out there. She's barking direction. She's doing a great job, but she's doing the dirty work. Like, she's doing the things needed to win. She's not out here, you know, as flashy as Bailey Maupin or as flashy as Bree Scott and getting all these nice shots and nice assists, but she's doing the dirty work. She's getting the, the under the, you know, under the basket layups, diving on the floor for loose balls, getting the rebound, leading the team in rebounds in back-to-back games. Like, getting good pa- i think she's the best passer on the team i still mm. think that right yeah. like like doing the doing the dirty work i think bring girls doing great jazz schaefer's is is looking fantastic right as she's coming in there her own here with the with the the texas women's basketball team like a lot of good stuff we're seeing riley mckinney still mckinney she's still riley she's still, still putting up 44 percent from the three-pointers like she's still getting the bucket jazz lewis also playing really well like everybody's fitting into their spot on this team and it's starting to look really beautiful and sorry k-state y'all were the first ones to get the hammer right like that's really what that felt like and it felt <laughs> like that this team is starting to really find their stride and really get into it and figure out some of the things uh um needed to win these games and like you said this game against texas i'm excited for it I'm very excited for because this, this is the Texas team that people that when uh, the season started it was an assumption that they'd be really good. I think a lot of people picked them to win the conference, and then they took a lot of L's. Texas took a lot of L's in, the, in non-conference, and now I'm looking at a team that's starting to really figure things out, going up against the Texas team. But now that Texas got in conference, it started to also do a little bit. Right, they were able to beat Kansas. They also put a beat down on K State. The Texas is also starting to figure it out a little bit. So I want to see what happens when two rivals collide. Right, yeah. Bree Scott, she's still hot. So we're gonna see what happens against a, a team like Texas. But yeah, no, this is it's exciting. I think everybody should definitely show up to that game. Um, it's gonna be on the 18th at at, at eight. And I think that'll be a really a uh, really exciting, really fun one at, at, at the USA. Uh, 7 p.m. because Albert lives on the seven. East Coast. Everybody, it'll be at seven. <laughs> Doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, Watch this Lady Raiders team. At <laughs> Don't double the attendance at halftime. She's like, oh my goodness. What happened? Oh, well, Albert, uh, yeah. yeah, once again, Albert has ruined it for everybody. Uh, yeah, I love this Lady Raiders team right now. Like you said, they're on the up. They, they, they're, they've got a firm grip on, you know, what they're going to be, their identity, and they're taking that forward. And that, when you, when you, when you, it's like when a team decides what it's going to be, that's when a team really discovers its true potential. Because when you sit in the ethereal of like, what, what is our identity? It's just, you can't really, be, you can't attack from that position really and so this lady raiders team is they're cruising they are at currently let's have a meter shift over to lady raiders are the better basketball team right now yeah. Yeah. um you know it's easy it's easy when the disparity is between a dub and a loss um but even if it was a dub dub like this lady raiders team is just a lot more exciting and a lot more cohesive right now as a unit and yes. props to coach garlic and all of them Yes, pay attention to them. This is this is a fun time. It actually remi- reminds me a little bit of uh, Kenzie in our chat brought up. A, um, I think it was the 2012 team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the 2012 team that went to the NIT that showed a lot of promise. That were you know everybody was kind of thinking of. Oh man, you know maybe maybe we can get some things going. They upset Baylor, and then the next year was able to go off and and go to the NCAA tournament. That's what this team reminds. Reminded her mm-hmm. a lot of, of, and it reminds me of that same team too. Um, yeah, the 2012 team that went to the NIT. Like that, this team reminds me a lot of that. And then I'm so excited for even next year and, and the future as Coach Gerlich takes yeah. over. Um, so yeah, exciting things. I think the future is bright for both sides. But on the men's side, we just got to, you know, patience is a virtue. And on the women's side, patience is starting to pay off. Starting to pay off. Anything else you want to say to the people, Jeremy? Um, 
I just there's a lot of basketball left, guys. It's it's it is a game of runs, right? But the season is also kind of a game of runs. Whenever you're, especially the way Texas Tech is right now, you've got a lot of really cool games coming up. Um, Baylor is going to be an interesting one. Going to have to go back to can uh, going to have to go to Kansas State, then uh, West Virginia, and then we have the big uh, Big Twelve SEC Challenge against LSU. Um, there's a lot of really exciting basketball going on, and I think that in pop we trust, if we're being honest. <laughs> but I'm really excited to see. Um, I'm really excited to see and post. Uh, we sh- I should have mentioned this earlier that and we this is kind of outside of our law, but the post Iowa State interview with Coach Adams, you know, he was talking about like that wasn't you know, I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> We're not going to do that again. Um, and it seems like Iowa State remains like this anomaly. Hopefully, it stays that way. And then Texas, you know, you get back to that fighting stance. And so I think that if this team just continues to get up put themselves in that fighting stance. I'm really excited for the rest of the season. Um, I'm kind of teetering on the NIT right now. I'd love to get there. <laughs> uh, but hey, it's sports and we got and we got it for we got it for a couple more months, people. Enjoy. Let me tell you something. After the Iowa State game, I guarantee you Adams and company got in there, but like that was that the energy that we saw in the Texas game is something we haven't seen in a, in a while. And so yeah. um, and not just energy from the team, from Adams. Right? You see Adams getting oh, he in their was grill? Yelling. Yeah, no, from Adams too, and, and I love to see it. Like it's it's cool being the the steady, calm, you know, folded arms type of guy. But to see that fireness, fireness from Adams in the Texas game was was great. It was great to see. Uh, <laughs> one person I got no problems about being fiery is Coach Gerlich. So um, <laughs> it's great to see her too. So. Um, so yeah, good things on both sides. Like I said, the women's team does play at the USA at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock on the 18th the men's team's next game is on the 17th that is that tuesday uh, at eight o'clock against baylor another home game against baylor um which also should be that should be an interesting one uh against the baylor team that you know is high expectations coming into this year and they're not as good as people thought they were going to be going into the season so it'll be interesting to see what happens in that game too um so yeah for uh the hoop savant himself that couldn't make his middle school basketball team jeremy gillen this is i'll be sure and you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network and official podcast of Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people.